الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وبعد so today is our fifth sitting on the topic of remedying the heavy and tight chest going through the works of al-allamah ibn al-qayyim rahimahullah and likewise sheikh muhammad aman al-jami rahimahullah let's have a quick recap of what we covered in the previous session so the one who is guided and thus his chest is expanded and relaxed and alleviated and the one who is misguided and thus his chest is tight and constrained this is something that has already been written already been preceded in the knowledge of Allah Allah he already knows who's going to be guided who's going to be misguided but what's upon you the slave as far as this is concerned as far as guidance is concerned as far as the evil that you may find yourself in is concerned allah he already knows who's going to be guided who's going to be misguided who's going to go to paradise who's going to go to hellfire but what's upon you the abd the slave what's what's upon you to do have the choice to do bad and good Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami he gave advice and he gave what, what did he say concerning the one who is yani we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already knows who's going to be guided and who's going to be misguided we have a free will we have a choice to do good or bad so watch what is a cause and one of the causes that will save and could save a person from the evil that he may find himself in ad-du'a sheikh muhammad al jami he said we should always be constantly making dua to allah for him to guide us why because it could be the case that al-ikthar min ad-du'a making dua in abundance that could be the cause and the reason for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala salvaging you and saving you and rescuing you from the evil that you may find yourself in طيب <coughs> So Tawheed and Huda, Tawheed that is the greatest cause and the greatest means of a person being guided. Tawheed in its entirety. Tawheed as far as all of the types of Tawheed are concerned. Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and Tawheed al-Uluhiyah and Tawheed al-Asma'i wa-Sifat. If it's the case that a person only singles out Allah in his Rububiyyah, he says that Allah he is the sole creator the sole master the sole owner of this whole universe but he does not single Allah out in worship then his tawhid is similar to the tawhid of whom Abu Lahab Abu Jahl and so on and so forth the mushrikeen the kuffar of Quraysh your tawhid is going to be no different to their tawhid if it's the case that you only single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in lordship but not in worship 
Rather, both need to be combined. And if that combination exists, then you will have a sadr, a chest that is open and wide and expanded. Okay, so tawheed, that's the greatest cause of a person's chest being relaxed and expanded. So what's the greatest cause of a person's chest being confined and restrained? Shirk. Just as tawheed is the greatest means of a person's chest being expanded, and thereon after, the people of tawheed, they vary in degree of expansion of the chest. So dependent upon how strong your tawheed is, in proportion to that, your chest will be naturally expanded and relaxed. But the opposite of that is true likewise. That shirk, the opposite of tawheed, the one who is a practitioner of shirk, a criminal of committing the crime of shirk, then he will have the most constricted and restrained chest upon the earth. Then we gave the example. Of the people, for example, those Hari Krishna people, those people that seemingly seem to be in a state of enjoyment, in a state of delight and ease and tranquility, but because they commit shirk in reality, their heart, what did the Shaykh say about the one who attaches his heart to someone besides Allah? His heart is scattered. Spread out, dispersed, distributed among the, among the different deities, the false gods that he worships. He worships a false god. He worships this spear. He worships this saint. He worships this wali. His heart is muwazza, spread out, distributed, scattered amongst all the different false gods that he worships. The heart, it has been created only to worship Allah. That is how it's been created. When it's the case that the heart is failing to fulfill the purpose of its existence, of its creation, it will become what? It will become in a state of haraj and deeq. It will will become in a state of repression and suppression and restraint and confinement. It will be in a state of unrelaxation. So now when the heart it has iman inside of it and that iman becomes strong what does Allah place in your heart? When you have iman in your heart and the iman becomes strong what does Allah place in your heart as a result of iman? Noor Noor Iman it has noor has a light that it produces it has a taste that it produces iman has sweetness that it produces it has a flavor to it and the one who has this nur in his heart he has nur in his heart as a result of iman he will begin to taste a sweetness he will begin to taste a form of relishment as a result of the nur nur that is produced from the iman that he has. So that is where we stopped last week. Sheikh Muhammad Aman al Jami then continues to say, فَإِنَّهُ يَشْرَحْ الصَّدَرْ هَذَا النُّورِ وَيُوَسِّعُهُ وَيَرَى الدُّنْيَا عِنْدَهُ لَيْسَتْ بِشَيْءٍ لَا يَرَى زَخَارِفَ الدُّنْيَا 
ونعيمها وعذابها ومشاكلها كل ذلك لا يراه شيئا this nur when it enters into your heart this nur it expands your chest it relaxes your chest it alleviates your chest and thus as a result of that the dunya you don't see it as anything when nur goes inside of your chest the nur of iman true iman iman that is established upon sunnah not iman that is established upon bid'ah not iman that is established upon heresy not iman that is established upon shirk that's not iman that's false iman claiming to have iman so if a person he says these type of things he says that you know what iman it puts nur in my chest iman it puts nur in my heart i have a tasbih bead in my hand and each time i say allah allah and i think of my peer i think of my wali i think of the saint that i am i gave bay'ah to and i say allah 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 each time i say allah i feel nur going in my heart this type of person it's just false claiming to have iman that is not the iman that brings nur into your heart no that type of action it brings about darkness in your heart it brings about dhulumat in your heart darkness in your heart doesn't bring about nur in your heart sunnah brings about nur in your heart that is what brings about nur in your heart so if it is the case that the iman that is established upon the sunnah of al mustafa alayhi salatu wasalam is in your heart nur will come about and that nur will expand your heart it will expand your chest it will relax your heart it will relax your chest it will relax your soul and thus as a consequence to that the dunya it's going to be nothing to you you're not going to see the luxuries of the dunya the bliss of the dunya the toil the labor of the dunya the problems of the dunya the difficulties of life none of that you're going to see it as nothing it's insignificant why why is it the case when nur goes into your heart and it expands your chest why is it the case that the problems in life they're going to be insignificant even the luxuries in your life they're not really really going to carry much weight why li'annahu irtabata bi nuril iman because that person because you when you have nur in your heart and it expands your chest and thus you don't see any problems in life and the beauty and the glitter of your of the life it doesn't really have any significance why does it why does it not have any significance because you become attached to the nur of iman to the light that is produced from iman wa hadha nur yarbithuhu billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala and this nur it connects you with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sheikh muhammad aman al-jami he says daiman fi ma baynahu wa bayna allah fi farah wa surur continuously all the time this person who has iman and this iman has connected him to nur and this nur has connected him to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this type of person all the time 
He's in bliss. He's in delight. He's in relaxation. وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي مَا يَبْدُو لِلنَّاسِ هُوَ فِي Even though as far as everybody else can see, they see him in, in a state of difficulty. Everybody else sees person A to be suffering, to have problems in his life, to be undergoing difficulty. قَدْ يَكُونُ فِي فَقْرٍ فِي ضِيقٍ وَفِي تَسَلُّقِ الْأَعْدَاءِ عَلَيْهِ Perhaps this type of person, person A, he's poor, doesn't have much wealth, doesn't have a nice house, doesn't have a nice car, maybe doesn't even have a car, maybe doesn't even have a nice house to live in with his family, maybe the, the whole family, they're living in a bedsit, perhaps they're living in some type of temporary accommodation, a hostel, for example. Perhaps not even that. Perhaps right now they're on the streets. Perhaps it could be the case. That you find a person, fi faqr, he's in poverty, fi dhiq, he's in a state of difficulty. Perhaps he has enemies that Allah has empowered over him. Enemies that are after him. Enemies that are causing him harm. Enemies that are wanting to harm him physically or at least verbally attacking his honor as has occurred كما هو حاصل في كثير من المصلحين من الأنبياء وورثة الأنبياء كثيرا ما يمتحنهم الله سبحانه وتعالى بأن يسلط عليهم أعداءهم as has occurred with many of the مصلحين many, many of those who strive to bring about rectification in society Tawheed first and foremost, with Sunnah first and foremost. Like the Prophets, like the inheritors of the Prophets, the scholars, and the teachers of Islamic knowledge, you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many a times tests them. Many a times He puts them to trial, tests them with enemies that, that, that gain supremacy over them, that gain power over them. They harm them. Many a times you find this occurring. These people that have enemies after them, these people that are in a state of poverty, impoverishment, these type of people that live in a state of difficulty, these type of people, they see in themselves Love of Allah and being in a state of surur, being in a state of happiness and tranquility. This is the state of those people who are true to those two testimonies of faith, to the tawheed and to mutaba'ah. They fulfill tawheed, but likewise they complete and they strive to perfect tawheed. And they follow the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam as he deserves to be followed. Those type of people, faqr, dhiq, these type of things, poverty, enemy after you, a bedsit, living in a bedsit, not having a car, having to get the bus to come to the masjid, these type of things, everybody else, they look at you. They think, oh, poor so-and-so. Poor fulan, look at him. He's living in such a tight living space. 
He doesn't have a car. He doesn't, his family, they're undergoing so many problems. But he himself, Fulan himself, person A himself, he's living a nice kashti lifestyle in reality. Why? Because his heart, it is attached to Allah. His iman has attached him to nur and that nur has attached him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As a side benefit, Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qaim rahimahullah ta'ala, he has some beautiful words concerning this in his book Shifa'ul Alil. He says, فَالْمُؤْمِنْ مُنْشَرِحُ الصَّدْرِ مُنْفَسِحٌ فِي هَذِهِ الدَّارِ عَلَى مَا نَالَهُ مِنْ مَكْرُوهِهَا The believer, he has an expanded, alleviated, relaxed chest. In this dar, in this abode, in this world, his chest is relaxed. In spite of the difficulty that he faces. وَإِذَا قَوِيَ الْإِيمَانِ وَخَالَطَتْ بَشَاشَتُهُ الْقُلُوبِ هَانَ عَلَى مَكَارِهِهَا أَشْرَحُ صَدْرًا مِنْهُ عَلَى شَهَوَاتِهَا وَمَحَابِهَا And when the iman of this believer, it becomes intensified, it becomes strong, and the sweetness and the delight of his iman, it mixes and enters into his heart, then at that point, he has a more expansive chest when facing the difficulties of life, when facing the problems of life, than he would do if he had the delight of life and the pleasure of life and the things that a person loves in life. Two scenarios. This mu'min, if he had delights and pleasures of life, it would not bring an amount he would not alleviate and expand his chest as much as the delight of Iman and the pleasure of Iman and the sweetness of Iman expands his chest even when he's faced with the difficulties and problems in his life. فَإِذَا فَارَقَهَا كَانَ إِنْفِسَاحُ رُوحِهِ وَالشَّرْحُ الْحَاصِلُ لَهُ بِفِرَاقِهِ أعظم بكثير كحال من خرج من سجن ضيق إلى فضاء واسع موافق له. So now this believer, he's in this world. Problems in this life he faces. Difficulties in life he faces. But delight and sweetness of Iman has entered into his heart. As a result of that, he has pleasure. As a result of that, his chest is relaxed. However, when he exits the dunya, when he departs this dunya, when he leaves this dunya, when he dies, then as a result of that, his chest becomes even more expanded. His chest becomes even more relaxed, even more alleviated. Just like the one who leaves a prison, he leaves and exits a prison and then he goes out into an open arena, into an open space, into an open area, an area that is favorable and suitable to him. Why? Because the dunya in reality, it is a sijin of the believer. It's a prison of the believer. فَإِذَا بَعَثَهُ اللَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ رَأَ مِن نَفْسِهِ رأى من انشراح صدره 
وسعته ما لا نسبة لما قبله and then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after the believer dies and he goes into al-barzakh and in barzakh he experiences even more delight even more relaxation but after al-barzakh when Allah brings him back to life resurrects him and he stands on the day of judgment on that day that believer he experiences such a degree of relaxation such a degree of expansion of chest such a degree of relaxation and alleviation to which there is no comparison to what came before him you can't even compare it to what came before him the relaxation that he's occurring right now on the arasat of qiyamah on the grounds of standing and in the jannah in the afterlife in paradise that relaxation that he's experiencing now it's incomparable even the delight and the surur that he experienced in the dunya when being close to allah that was surur and that was delight and it was it was delight and it was alleviation and relaxation no doubt but now once he is in the afterlife in al-jannah now the relaxation that he's experiencing there's no comparison no comparison طيب Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us all this bashasha this delight of iman and the sweetness of iman and the nur of iman innahu waliyu dhalika wal qadiru alayh now Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami, he goes on to make a mention. Because he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he may cause the enemies of the prophets to overpower them. And he may cause the enemies of the inheritors of the prophet to overpower him. As has occurred with many from the Muslihin with many from those who rectify and bring about rectification from the Salaf and from the ulama that came on after them now he makes a mention of one of those great scholars of one of those great imams and indeed he is the teacher of the author of this text he's a teacher of Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala Sheikh Muhammad Amman Jami makes a mention of this Imam for a specific, a specific reason. Obviously, he's the teacher of the author. He's the teacher of Imam Ibn Qayyim. But Sheikh Al-Islam uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, he is somebody that strove greatly in clarifying this Aqeedah, in spreading this Aqeedah. And thus, as a result of that, as a result of that, he was tested greatly. But in spite of the tests that he underwent, he... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided him with na'im, with bliss, provided him with surur, with happiness, provided him with an expansive, relaxed chest. So this Imam, Al-Imam, Al-Allamah, Al-Hafid, Al-Naqid, Al-Faqih, Al-Mujtahid, Al-Mufassir, Al-Bari' Shaykh Al-Islam, Alam Al-Zuhad, Nadiratul Al-Asr Taqiyuddin Abu al-Abbas Ahmed ibn Abdul Halim ibn Abdul Salam al-Harrani who died in the year 728 after Hijrah famously known as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami he says concerning him because Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah he was persecuted a lot 
He was imprisoned many a times. He was imprisoned in Cairo. He was imprisoned in Alexandria, in Egypt. He was imprisoned in the fortress of Damascus on two occasions. On the second occasion, he died in the fortress of Damascus. Imagine that. Died in the fortress of Damascus. Imprisoned in there, died in there. That's how he, he lived his final days. Final days in a prison cell. But in spite of that, in spite of that, look at the words of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami quotes some words, but we'll mention the exact words that uh, al-Imam ibn al-Qayyim quotes from his teacher. فَيَقُولُ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِنُ تَيْمِيَةً رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى He said, مَا يَصْنَعُ أَعْدَائِي بِي مَا يَصْنَعُ أَعْدَائِي بِي أَنَا جَنَّتِي وَبُسْتَانِي فِي صَدْرِي أَيْنَ رُحْتُ فَهِيَ مَعِي لَا تُفَارِقُنِي إِنَّ حَبْسِي خَلْوَةً وَقَتْلِي شَهَادَةً Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he says, What can my enemies do to me? What can my enemies do to me? Indeed, my garden, my jannah, my garden, it's in my chest. Wherever I go, it goes with me. It never leaves me. Indeed, my imprisonment, my arrest, my imprisonment, it is a form of Khalwa for me. It's a form of seclusion for me. It's a form of me being secluded. Just me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my killing, me being killed, oh, that's a shahada for me. That's martyrdom for me. And me being expelled from my homeland, me being expelled from my land, me being driven out from my land, from my country, that's just a form of Going out, seeing other places, a form of tourism for me. So Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he says, وَهَلْ يَعْمَلْ أَكْثَرْ مِنْ هَذَا Can your enemies do to you more than this? Can your enemies do anything more to you than this? The choice that exists is three. There is no other fourth choice. Either being expelled from your land, from your homeland. Imagine that. People that drive you out from your homeland. Drive you out from your town. Or imprisonment. Third option, to be killed. There's no other fourth option that your enemy can do to you. Somebody wants to harm you. Either he's going to get you, he's going to grab you, he's going to imprison you, arrest you, confine you, physically. Or he'll drive you out of your homeland, homeland, remove you out of your homeland, expel you. Or he'll kill you. No other option really. In spite of that, what's the attitude of this ayah from the ayat of Allah? This sign from the signs of Allah. As the Imams and the Mu'arrikheen, the historians have said about Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. An ayah from the ayah of, ayat of Allah. In spite of this, in spite of him being imprisoned, threatened, intimidated, in spite of that, 
He says, Jannati fi sadri, Bustani fi sadri. My God and my Jannah, it's in my chest. Wherever I go, it goes with me. Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, he makes a beautiful statement. This now, this statement that he makes, it's just expanding upon what Sheikh Muhammad Imam al-Jami says concerning him. He says, Ibn al-Qayyim, he reports from him in Al-Wabil al-Sayyib, in Al-Wabil al-Sayyib, so his student Ibn al-Qayyim, he reports in another book of his, in Al-Wabil al-Sayyib, that his teacher, Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, he said while he was in the Qil'ah, uh, while he was in the fortress, I believe he's referring to the Qil'ah of Dimashq, the fortress of Damascus. So while he was imprisoned in there, he says, لَوْ بَذَلْتُ مِلْأَ هَذِهِ الْقِلْعَةِ ذَهَبًا مَا عَدَلَ عِنْدِي شُكْرَ هَذِهِ النِّعْمَةِ He says, if I was to spend this fortress worth of gold, if I was to spend gold that fills, fills up this whole fortress, it wouldn't equate to the gratitude and the thanks that I wish to give and I want to give for this blessing that I'm in, for this blessing of being imprisoned in this fortress. Imagine somebody sends you to Armley Prison or Bolton Prison, and you say concerning the security guard, huh? You don't have, you don't have a prison in Bolton. Strange ways, huh? All right, halas. Strange ways. Somebody sends you to strange ways. Let's you know, let's uh, apply this now. Somebody sends you to strange ways. You're in there, in a cell, by yourself. Perhaps a better cell. Not perhaps, most definitely a better cell than Ibn Taymiyyah's cell. In his cell, most likely rats crawling about. Uh, certain uh, venomous insects crawling about. There, were, there wasn't human rights uh, for prisoners that you have in, in this country at, the, uh, at that time. There wouldn't have been any visiting hours, going out for some weightlifting in the courtyard, none of that. But you go to strange ways and you're imprisoned in there. And you say, if I was to spend gold, imagine I came to visit you in strange ways. How are you doing, so-and-so? Uh, and you say, Akhi, if I was to spend gold that fills up strange ways, it will not equate to the shukr, to the gratefulness and the gratitude that I should pay to these people that have imprisoned me, to these people that have put me in prison. What am I going to say? What's Ali going to say? I say, Akhi, salamat. Are you okay? Something, something wrong with you? You okay? We have to call the doctor. Sah. I think something's wrong with you. Why? Because that's not normal. But look at this Imam, Nadiratul Asr, the one that was a rarity of his time, a rarity of all times. What does he say? These people that have imprisoned me, why? Because I say, Ar Rahman ala al istawa. Because I say, Wa kallam Allahu Musa taklima. Because I say, Laysa kamithlihi shay, wa huwa al basir. Because I describe Allah how he deserves to be described. They put me in prison. Because of that, he says, if I was to spend gold 
gold and give gold to them. Gold that was to fill up this whole fortress out of gratitude. That would not equate to the gratitude that I wish to, that I wish to give. <coughs> And I wouldn't have thanked them and rewarded them for what they were instrumental in bringing about good for me. I would not have, him, I would not have uh, thanked and rewarded these, uh, these mubtadi'ah, these innovators, these deviants, these oppressors, these zalimun, for what they have been instrumental in, in bringing about good for me, in khair for me. I mean khalwa, me, myself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at the end of the day, regardless of what a person can do to you, if it is the case that the nur of iman has entered into your heart, and it strengthens, and it strengthens, and it strengthens, then regardless of what your enemies do to you, it's not going to do any harm to you. Rather, it could be the reason, and it could be the crease, could be the, the, the reason, and could be the cause of your relaxation increasing. Look at how Ibn Taymiyyah he was. Ibn Al-Qayyim, he says about him, وَعَلِمَ اللَّهِ وَعَلِمَ اللَّهِ مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا Allah he knows, Ibn al-Qayyim he says, Allah he knows that I've never ever seen anyone that lived a better life than him ever. In spite of the life that he lived, a life that was coupled with a hard life, a lack of luxury, a lack of naeem, a lack of so-called happiness, lack of enjoyment, rather the opposite of it. In spite of the habs that he had to undergo, the arrest, the imprisonment, the confinement, that he had to undergo. In spite of the tahdeed, the attempts of intimidating Ibn Taymiyyah, the attempts of threatening Ibn Taymiyyah, and the irhaq that he had to go, the suppression and the repression that he had to undergo, in spite of that, I've never ever seen a man that lived a more pleasant life than him. وَهُوَ مَعَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَطْيَبِ النَّاسِ عِيشًا وَأَشْرَحُهُمْ صَدْرًا وَأَقْوَاهُمْ قَلْبًا وَأَسَرُّهُمْ نَفْسًا in spite of all of that, he had the most pleasant of lifestyles. And he had the most relaxed of chests. And he had the strongest of hearts. And he had the most pleasant of souls. The most happiest of souls. The signs, the tokens of happiness could see it on his face uh, the the brightness the gleam of happiness you could see it on his face the signs of happiness gleaming and glittering on his face you could see it even though he's imprisoned 
even though he's threatened, even though he's intimidated, even though he's suppressed, he could see signs of happiness gleaming on his face. Wakan, this type of person, he'd be the last type of person. If you see a person who's going through problems in life, he's got man after, he's got people after him, chasing after him. He's got yani, no money at all. He's the last person that you're going to go to when there's problems in your life, isn't it? But look what Ibn al-Qaim, he says. Whenever it would be the case, when fear would intensify with us, and we'd end up harboring evil thoughts, we'd ha end up harboring evil thoughts, and the yani, negative thoughts, and the earth, it would become constrained for us, what would we do? We'd go to him, we'd go to our teacher Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah, فَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا أَن نَرَاهُ وَنَسْمَعْ كَلَامَهُ فَيَذْهَبْ ذَلِكَ كُلُّهُ وَيَنْقَلِبُ إِنْشِرَاحًا وَقُوَّةً وَيَقِينًا وَطُمَأْنِينَةً Ibn Al-Qaim, he says, we'd only see him, we'd only see Ibn Taymiyyah, and when he would speak, when we see him and only hear his words, that repression that we were feeling, that fear that we were feeling, it would turn into, it would transform into relaxation, alleviation, strength, certainty, and tranquility. We go to, just like we experience sometimes, you feel down in the dumps, and then you go to a certain person, you sit with him, a righteous person, sit with him, hear some kalam from him, ah, the problem that you are undergoing, that hard, tight feeling that you were feeling, it's gone now. Why? Because you've sat with this person, perhaps an elderly person, a knowledgeable person, a righteous person. He speaks and it's capsized. The feelings that he had have turned upside down. It's like they've capsized. It's like a kayak capsizes. Your feelings have turned upside down. They've capsized, they've transformed. Now you feel relaxed, you feel happy. You feel at ease. Ibn al-Qaim, he says this, that whenever we'd feel khawf, whenever we'd start to harbor negative thoughts, we'd go to Ibn Taymiyyah, we just see him. He starts speaking, our feelings, they transform, they capsize into tranquility and relaxation. Then look at what he says. He says, فَسُبْحَانَ مَنْ أَشْهَدَ عِبَادَهُ جَنَّتَهُ Subhana. How perfect is he? Yani how perfect is Allah? Glorified be he who allowed his slaves to witness his, their Jannah. Glorified be Allah who allowed his slave to see his Jannah before he even met Allah. You understand that? And how glorified and how perfect and sublime Allah is. The one that allowed his slave, allowed his righteous slave to see Jannah before even leaving this world. To witness Jannah before even leaving and departing this world. To see his paradise before even meeting Allah. وَفَتَحَ لَهُمْ أَبْوَابَهَا فِي دَارِ الْعَمَلِ 
فأتاهم فأتاهم من روحها ونسيمها وطيبها ما استفرغ قواهم لطلبها والمسابقة إليها How glorified is he who allowed his slaves to see their Jannah before they even met Allah and he subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up for these slaves the doors and the gates of Al-Jannah while these slaves were still in the dar of Amal, still in the realm, in the abode of action, while they were still in this dunya, Allah He opened up for these righteous people the gates of paradise while they were still in this dunya. And thus, as a result of that, the refreshment of Jannah, the breeze of Jannah, the fragrance of Jannah, it came to them. It came to these righteous people while they're still in this dunya, while they're still in the abode of, of recompense, uh, of action. While they're in the dunya, Allah opened up the gates of Jannah. And thus the breeze and the refreshment and the fragrance of paradise, it came to them while they're still in this dunya. And thus, as a result of that, they applied every ounce of their strength in seeking that paradise. And in racing to that paradise. Why did they apply every ounce of their strength in seeking that paradise? In racing to that paradise? Because Allah opened up the gates of paradise to them. And thus the refreshment and the breeze of paradise, it came to them. The fragrance of paradise came to them while their hearts are still beating in the life of this world. Then Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he says, <coughs> he says about Ibn Taymiyyah. Well, he makes a mention of a statement of Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, in meaning, we'll mention the exact wording. We'll mention the exact wording that Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he quotes from his teacher, Ibn, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. <coughs> So Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, Ibn, Ibn Al-Qaim, he quotes from him in Al-Wabil Al-Sayyib, إِنَّ فِي الدُّنْيَا جَنَّةً مَنْ لَمْ يَدْخُلْهَا لَا يَدْخُلْ جَنَّةَ الْآخِرَةِ Indeed, in the dunya, there is a jannah. There is a paradise. Whoever doesn't enter into this paradise, the paradise in this world, he shall not enter into the paradise of the Akhirah. Indeed, in this life that we're in right now, Darul Amal, in the abode, in the realm of action, there is a Jannah. There's a paradise that you and I can go into if we want to. Free will to go into that paradise. 
If you don't go into that, you're not going to go into the Jannah of the Akhirah. You're not going to go into the paradise of the afterlife. What's this in reference to? I.e. the delight of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The delight and the pleasure of obeying subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obeying to him, listening to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Lord commands you with something, you say, yes my Lord, I listen to you and I'll do that. I'll do that for you. Just like when you go for Hajj. You go for Hajj. What do you say? Labbaik Allahumma labbaik. Here I am Allah at your service. I'm at your service. The Lord he commands you. To make tawaf around the Kaaba. What do you do? Yes my Lord. The Lord he says. Make sa'i between Safa and Marwa seven times. You say. Yes my Lord. Your Lord, he says to you, shave off your head. What do you do? Yes, my Lord. Your Lord, he says, don't do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. You say, yes, my Lord. You submit to him. You obey him. Why? Because he is your Rabb. He is your Lord. And you are nothing other than his Abd. You are nothing other than his slave. So the one who enters into this Jannah. It, this is a Jannah in this dunya. Jannah in this life. Of having delight by worshipping your Lord. The one who obeys his Lord, worships his Lord. He has closeness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his chest is expanded and alleviated. And thus all of his problems and his difficulties, they transform as though they are nothing. This type of person, he enters into a, into a Jannah in this world. Then after that, his soul one day reaches his throat. After that, leaves this dunya and he enters into the actual Jannah of the afterlife. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to enter into the Jannah of this dunya thus enter us into the Jannah of the Akhirah. إِنَّهُ وَلِيُّ ذَلِكَ وَالْقَادِرُ عَلَيْهِ وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَعْلَمُ وَصَلِ اللَّهُمَ عَلَى نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِين